Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, this is Bitch Slap. I'm Rachel Fisher. I'm Desi Janikin. And this is Melrose Place, Season 2, Episode 29. Imperfect Strangers. Not the one with Balky. Not. <laughs> that was Perfect Strangers. Was, this is <laughs> this is Melrose Place, Desi. It's a little edgy. It's Imperfect Strangers. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm trying to think what this is in reference to, and I can't. Because no one's really a stranger in this except for Hank. Oh, that's true. I mean, and I would say is a little worse than imperfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay, let's let's just get into this episode right now. We start at D&D, and Amanda is going over some accounts with Allison, and they are both overwhelmed. They're like, they have a lot of work. They have a lot of reports they're backed up on. I feel like we wrote this business script. They're like, reports are due. Yeah. You got those reports? It's totally... <laughs> this, is, this is absolutely us write, trying to write a scene about like a, a workplace environment. Yeah, put it things in some manila envelopes and <laughs> folders. Staple it. <laughs> Staple it. And stamp yeah. it. We're really in business. <laughs> <laughs> and Allison is like, I just need more time. And at first I was like, oh God, is this going to be an... <laughs> Just I just love when Allison is like asking for more yeah. time. Like she's like with all the wedding planning, I just haven't been able to get to the reports. <laughs> and Amanda's like, Well, we're Bruce gave us the okay. The big boss gave us the okay that we're gonna hire somebody else. And at first Allison's a little scared because she thinks this is gonna be competition. But Amanda assures her that not only is this new hire going to be there to help uh, Allison with her work duties, but Allison will be involved in the hiring process. Yes. And uh, Amanda is so over the top about how great it's going to be. I am also, I'm like, what's the catch? It's right. (laughs) Yeah. And Allison is like thrilled in this moment. She's a little, she, she turns pretty quickly when Amanda's like, you can be part of the hiring process at the hospital. Sydney is racing through the hallways, obviously looking for Michael, because where we last left off last week, Kimberly has been revealed to be alive. And she and Michael basically tells Sydney to fuck off because his fiance is back in town. And Kimberly is there to get what was hers. Yeah. And so Sydney chases down Matt. And this is a great Matt moment. 
Ugh, this scene was chef's kiss. Matt has just had it with these bitches. And Sydney says one of the most unbelievable lines of dialogue on Melrose Place. She's like, can you believe Michael's acting this way? And it's like, yes. <laughs> yes, I can't believe it. A hundred percent. Maybe if she would have asked that in early season one, we would buy that. Yeah. Anyway, Matt, she's asking Matt where Michael is. And he goes, do I look like a directory to you? No, he is, he's like, he's so free from the blackmail. Yeah. <laughs> like, it must feel great. Yeah. So she's bitching to, she's bitching to Matt about how Michael, like, kicked her to the curb now that Kimberly's back. And Matt goes, why don't you save it for someone who gives a damn? Yeah. And Matt she, has nothing for her. And she's like. Uh, like she's shocked that Matt is talking this way. This is what happens when you walk all over Matt for long enough and yes. threaten him. Yeah. Because Sydney, remember, was part of this scheme with Michael. Yeah. And they had Matt under their thumb. Yeah. And he was forced to come to their wedding. Oh, God. With only. That was the worst thing Sydney's ever done to him. Yeah. <laughs> that was and terrible. So Sydney is like, um, how could you like Matt? Like she's trying to appeal to him, like his compassion, and he basically tells her he's like, you know what, Sydney, I don't care because you're finally getting what you deserve, and that's not even enough for Matt because then he goes, wishes do come true. <laughs> <laughs> like he's, I love that this is a dream come true for him. He's really layering it on, even though if any, I mean, the reality is. Michael and Matt still did something really illegal, even though Kimberly's alive. Yes. And Sydney is getting what she deserves in this moment, but it's Michael also deserves what's happening to Sydney. Like Michael, he deserves also to not be getting what he wants. Sydney's a little bitch who's opportunistic, just like later Kimberly calls her an opportunistic bitch. But, but Sydney is miffed in this moment. Yeah. She is like, she's also shocked that Matt is like, because Matt, we know Matt, and he, you have to really, really fuck with him for him to get to this level. No, if you've pissed Matt off, you know you've done something wrong. Yeah. For sure. Because Sydney's face is like, oh. She's shocked. She knows that's a bad sign. I would be so devastated if Matt was mad at me. Oh, my God. But it's like, if Matt's mad at you, you have zero chance with any of the other fuckers at Melrose Place. <laughs> like, do you yeah. know what I mean? Like. So then Kimberly spots Sydney mm. and she's like, what are you doing here? And Sydney's like, I just happened to be looking for my husband. Mm. And she's like, I can't believe you. Like th that's old news. Yeah. I'm his fiance. That, she's like acting like she's like that Trump's husband, but she's like, you're his fake wife basically. Yeah. You don't count. And she's like, we're going to have a little chat. And she, she like pulls her by the ear almost, right? Yeah, she's like dragging her. It's like redhead on redhead crime happening. Get over here, you little bitch. It's, <laughs> it's pretty hot. She yeah. drags her into a room and she's like, now you get this straight, you opportunistic little bitch. And she threatens Sydney. She's like, you better stay away from Michael. Sydney tries to like stand up to Kimberly, but Kimberly just shuts her down. Right. She's like, you're dumber than you even look. And she says to her, and Sydney says to her something like, am I supposed to be afraid of you? And Kimberly is like, my professional diagnosis, you bet your ass. <laughs> I was just like, okay. Yeah. yeah. She's like, you stay away, Sydney, and you won't get hurt. 
yeah, she's definitely scary. Mm. Like I'd be scared of fucking Marsha Cross in this moment or Kimberly. Like, Another person whose bad side I don't want to be on, no. but for different reasons. So Sydney kind of gets this glimpse of like Kimberly being kind of like, I don't want to say evil yet. Her personality shift. Yes. But at the same time, it's perfectly justifiable. Yeah. And you know what I mean? That she'd be mad at Sydney. Well, you could make the argument, like if Sydney had bitched about this to someone, any reasonable person could see like, yeah, it's all, yeah, it makes sense that she would have like be mad at you or not like you. Right. And it's like, if anything, Sydney should be mad at Michael. Yeah. He's the one who is betraying her. Yes. Amanda's mom, Hillary, is at D&D because they're going to have lunch together. And she also tells Amanda that she has a recommendation for this new hire. Her boyfriend, Chaz, Oof. who is the boy toy that we've met before. And he looks like the classic... Hair feathered. He's so longish hair, like the piercing blue eyes. Yeah. He's just such a look from that era. They don't make guys who look like this anymore. No. Like they really like you don't see men who look like this. The only thing he's missing is like one earring. He needs one earring. <laughs> like <laughs> like he totally needs that one earring. He needs that one earring that you notice the second time you hang out with him. Yes. And you're like, uh. Like you kind of jump. Chaz. He's such a Chaz. They also don't make people named Chaz anymore. It's such a like instantaneous red flag. Except for <laughs> except for Chaz Bono, but he's like the opposite personality of this Chaz. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's always exceptions to the rule. Chaz Bono's the exception. Yes. Anyway. The mom also cancels lunch at the same time, and Amanda's irritated, and she's like, well, this is fine. This is You can just have lunch with Chaz. This he is- loves Thai food. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I would be pissed. I'd be like, I'm not fucking going out to dinner with Chaz, lunch with Chaz. Are you crazy? Like, yeah. Also, the mom shows up to tell her the lunch is canceled. Also crazy. Like, like if she had time to go to D&D, why, didn't, why doesn't she have time to get a quick bite? I also don't really remember this resolution between Amanda and the mom. It didn't seem like <laughs> it happened. I guess maybe Jake convinced her to like do something. Who yeah. knows? But we're on the beach... Joe has a job. She's shooting She's shooting the same model. We're still in a Models Inc. crossover series. So they with, often with, do a few episodes yeah, during these. This is backdoor pilot. And then I think, I'm, I would guess Amanda is making an appearance on Models Inc. or Joe. Maybe. One of them. Yeah. One of them's got to do it. So Sarah, and, the model that Joe has been working with, she's, she's being... Um, She's modeling for this ad campaign that they're doing. And she brings, she's brought her boyfriend Hank to the photo shoot. And he's very overprotective. Like, and Joe notices this right away. Because Joe, Joe's got street smarts for everyone else except for when it comes to her own relationships. And this was like an exciting casting if you're a young and the restless head. Oh. This actor played Philip Chancellor Jr. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> who was a, a character on the show who dated Cricket, the teen model. Oh. I think she did. I'll he ask did. my mom about that. Um, so he's like the illegitimate child 
of um, Jill, I think, and <laughs> Philip Chancellor, who was married to Kay Chancellor, who had the first facelift ever on camera. Wait, what? They filmed her. The actress had a facelift, and she let them film part of it for the character. Wait, seriously? Yes. <laughs> This is my childhood memory, so maybe it's not 100% accurate. We need to do a deep dive into that. No, and she's the um, real-life mom of that actor, Corbin Burnson, who Mm -hmm. was on L.A. Law. Yeah. So she's like, Kate Chancellor's an icon, uh, for sure. So this is um, her husband's illegitimate child. Okay. Well... Anyway. Joe notices that this guy's... Something's a little off with this guy, and he's, he's telling... He's telling Joe when he meets her that he feels better knowing that Joe is a woman and not a man like he originally thought. Right. So we can tell he's jealous. Uh, He's a jealous guy. Nobody likes this boyfriend. He's fucking annoying. He needs to go back to Iowa. Yeah. At lunch... What is the okay? We need to talk about (laughs) we need to talk about this restaurant because we get an exterior (laughs) establishing shot of like this tiki looking like with a straw hut it looks like a straw hut well it's a thai restaurant yeah because amanda had suggested a really great thai place that's close by where is this thai restaurant because i've never seen a building like this i haven't either Uh, and they're clearly not in east hollywood where all the great thai places are i mean there could be great there's other great there's other good thai places but I don't know. I don't. I, I want to know more about this place because it. I want to know what this restaurant or this building actually was. I love it, and I loved. The I interior. laughed out loud when I saw the booth. Okay, <laughs> the booth knocked me off my feet. It's it's incredible. They're sitting at this, like that classic Miami Golden Girl style rattan. Yes, sofa booth with incredible pastel tropical upholstery so it's like huge palm fronds type thing with like teal and pink flowers pink and then it's all trimmed out in bamboo yeah it's that it's it's that classic like bamboo rattan furniture yes but with the 80s vibe rather than the 50s yes that sometimes you see yeah it's very golden girls miami palm beach of the 80s 90s it's incredible um, and it's super high. It's really, <laughs> I, think, I think that's what was so funny about it is like, I've been to a lot of Thai restaurants in Los yes. Angeles and I have never been to a Thai restaurant that looks like this. No, it, it just, was like outrageous. It, it, yeah, it, it was I'm like, of course, this is the Thai place that Amanda likes where it's like overly. I would go here. Oh, I would go here totally. in a heartbeat. Yeah. Um, so, this would be like an Instagram photo place people would want to sit in this booth and take a picture i mean the bouquet of flowers on the table was stunning i mean it's just this is a very upscale thai place because most of the thai places that are great are just like hole in the walls or nothing special like the the food is excellent yeah there's so many of these quote-unquote hole in the wall thai places in la where the food is legendary yes and yeah, so I'm guessing the food here is probably not the best because they're more concerned with <laughs> aesthetics. Which yes, which is be, fine. Which, to be fair, the aesthetics are impeccable. No, in this restaurant, they if they ran out of steam after creating this place, <laughs> who can fault them? <laughs> so 
Chaz is sorry for coming on to Amanda because in a previous episode, Chaz was trying to play footsie with Amanda while they were on a double date. I'm just, I cannot believe Amanda agreed to this lunch after that. I'm shocked and disappointed with her. You would think she would have more self-respect. Also, that was an easy out. Yeah. She should have just, if Amanda, I'm also, this is how you know Amanda is so under the thumb of her mother, even though she's mad at her mom, is because she didn't have the balls to just say in front of her mom like in and in front of everyone your boyfriend tried to play footsie with me at the table the other night yes i just feel like also chaz wasn't even there when the mom bailed so yeah. she could have said i'm not just tell him i can't i have too much work to do or whatever yeah but clearly as we'll learn later there's obviously some kind of attraction well because chaz butters amanda up yeah. And she likes it. And he's like a little fancier than Jake. Right. So she's kind of getting something from Chaz that she doesn't feel like she's getting from Jake right now. Like Jake is not prioritizing Amanda. Yes. And he's trying to like beef himself up. He's telling her he's got a degree in marketing and he has experience in the ad industry and that he's young and very aggressive. And he's being very like, horny when he says this yes this is such a horny scene and i'm like shocked that she kind of falls for it yeah it was disappointing and she's like listen Chaz, when i work i work 110 percent. my work is my life and he's like well i do i do too baby and more and she's like hmm (laughs) (laughs) she's impressed she's impressed yeah Michael is getting in his little convertible in the hospital parking lot. He's going out to lunch, and Sydney ambushes him. This is a great Sydney moment because she literally just comes out of nowhere and sidles up, saddles up to that side of the car, and she's like, "What you doing?" Yeah, <laughs> and he's like, "I'm going to lunch, Sid. Back off. Get out of my face." <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, "You can't do this. I won't let you." And he's like, "Watch me." Oh, my God. And she tries to rat on Kimberly that Kimberly's crazy. Yeah, she's like, you don't understand, Michael. Kimberly's crazy. Something's wrong. And he's like, you know what, Sydney? The game's over and you lost. Yeah. He's telling her. He's like, ha, ha. And then he peels out of the parking lot. But he actually says to her, too, because she says, like, Kimberly threatens to, like, break her arms or something. And he's like, you know what? I'll break your arms. (laughs) I'd break your arms, too. Yeah. Like. And he calls her the ex-wife. He's like, you're my ex-wife, like now. Right. He has two ex-wife Andrews. Yeah. He's divorcing both those sisters. The Andrews sisters. <laughs> the Andrews sisters. No, this scene is so classic Sydney. Just like, hey, hey, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> I like, loved it. Like a sad, lost puppy mm, dog. She's so sad. At D&D, Allison's brings in a bunch of resumes for Amanda to look over, but it's too late because Amanda has hired Chaz and Allison is like, huh? And and Amanda tries to like give her the reasons why. And I thought Allison actually had a great line where she's like, how interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting. I was like, that's finally something funny from Allison. (laughs) No, this was a great moment between them. Yeah, Allison's like, huh? And then Amanda points out that she hired Chaz because he's her future stepfather. Which is absolutely why you should not hire him Yeah, in many ways. Yeah, and why would you admit that to Allison? And 
Allison is like, Amanda, like she, she's like, I thought we were working on this together. Yeah. And she's pissed off. And Amanda shoots back. She's like, look, Allison, I lobbied hard to get you help here. So a classic you, Amanda turnaround. Yeah, she turns it back on Allison, even though she completely, like, fucked with Allison. Yeah. And lied to her. At least be like, I know what I said. And I'm sorry. And this came up. I'm sorry. I hope, you know, I think it's going to work out, though. Like, he really, something. I mean, she could even be like... Make say some bullshit like, yeah, I know we have like a connection, but he really does have a lot of experience, and he's actually a huge fan of your work. Like whatever, she could she do could some kind lied. of buttering up, and yeah. then it, the camera would have like gone like <laughs> cut to Chaz winking at Allison yeah. with his <laughs> piercing blue eyes. <sighs> that night at the beach house, Kimberly is out on the deck watching the waves in a very dramatic fashion, and Michael arrives home, and he's like, Kimberly. Kimberly. <laughs> and she, he finds her out on the deck and she's being very moody and mysterious. And he says, does this have anything to do with that idiot Sydney? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, sort of. And she tells him, she's like, I just don't. She's like, I'm just wondering how you got over me so quickly that you married someone else. Like, what's up with that? Babe, like, I was crazy with grief. That was amazing. He says... He goes, oh, Kimberly, I was crazy with grief. Plus, I did think you were dead, honey. (laughs) The way he delivers that line. And to be honest, he's got a point. Yeah. He did think you were dead. It's still, look, but to be fair to Kimberly, I also would be like, "Eh, that's a little fast. Oh, I 100% (laughs) agree. But I think like it's a complicated situation. We're talking about Michael Mancini. He's a piece of shit. Yeah. But you could see someone who's like so desperate and lonely. They do something stupid and get married really fast. That's out of character and a mistake. Yeah. Like, but Michael, Michael's Michael, a piece of shit. Michael also had been cheating with Sydney. Yes. You were, he married his mistress, basically. Who's also the sister of his ex-wife. Well, yeah. She has many roles. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, So Kimberly tells Michael that she needs to tell him something she hasn't told anyone else. And it's that she had a near-death experience after the accident. And basically, like, this changed her entire life philosophy. And she tells him that she's been to hell and back and she can never compromise herself for a man again. He's like, oh, okay. Okay, how does this affect me? Yeah, (laughs) And she says... Well, last time, Michael, we did it your way. This time, we're going to do it my way. And he, he like, unloosens his tie because he's like, it's horny time. They start making out. Yeah. He's like, he's turned on. He is turned on by this. Because he likes a woman to take control, I think, Mm. in a way. But not too much. Not Not too much. Not too much. But I do think Kimberly is the only one who gets away with it that we've seen. That's why she's his Achilles because... He, like, Kimberly's a true diamond level pussy because he will do anything for her. Yeah, he's, like, weak. He can't resist her. Yeah. Uh, She can get him. Yeah. Anyway, this is a good place to take a break. We'll be right back. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The next day, Joe is shooting Sarah for a perfume called Entangled. Mm. And they're on a boat. They rented Jake's boat or like are borrowed it. it. I'm sure they didn't pay. They will will not get rid of this boat. I just they, this like, boat storyline <laughs> continues. And Joe has no problem going on this boat anymore. This is the same boat where she mur- had to kill her boyfriend. <laughs> this is where she almost died. Yeah. And she's like, "Okay, and let's do a little photo shoot for Entangled." Did, I know all about getting entangled into things. <laughs> do the, does the ad company not have their own boat? This must be like a hyper local perfume perfume company entangled. I'm just yeah, the whole thing is confusing. I literally wrote for this scene, who cares? Like I don't care about this storyline at all. This storyline's super boring. Um Jake is there and he's being so hot that it's distracting. So Joe asks Sarah about her boyfriend and she tells us that he's a farmer and they've <laughs> <laughs> they've known each other since high school. And Sarah then clocks that Joe and Jake used to date, and she's like, it's stupid. Yeah. Anyway. Also, she's known him since high school. She's like 18. <laughs> so she's known him like a few months. Like- I mean, of course she's known him since high school. Where else would she have met him? Yeah. Like, we also find out that they've never fucked. Right. That's later. Oh, it is? Oh, right. Because this boat scene goes on way too fucking long. It goes on for several scenes. But back at Melrose, Sydney is at the pool with her girls, and they're all in their bathing suits, and Sydney's like, this is our new headquarters. And she's once again wearing a super cute plaid bikini top with like a little sarong style skirt thing. Yeah, she has like a little matching wrap. Yeah. It's so cute. And she tells the girls that she's throwing a party tonight to celebrate. And that's when Amanda approaches, and she spots Sydney with this riffraff. Can I have a word? <laughs> like it's D&D. Yeah, Sydney, <laughs> Sydney, can I have a word? And she says, the pool is for tenant use only. I mean, that's bullshit. That first, You're allowed to have friends over. <laughs> also, this is just like another example of Amanda being the most despicable kind of slumlord. And what is she coming back for? A fucking file. Why didn't like, that's she, all D and D is? It's yeah. reports and files. Yeah. Why didn't she send some her assistant to get this file? She drove all the way from Century City 
Yeah. To like or Miracle Mile. Miracle Mile to West Hollywood to yeah. get a file <laughs> or a report. <laughs> it's just stupid. It's so stupid. But Sydney owns her hard. She's like, well, not according to the lease. Like, where in the lease does it say I can't have friends over at the pool? She like Sydney is that bitch. That yeah. has her lease memorized about yeah. those type of things. Yeah. And she's like, uh, and I just have to inform you about a party. I'm having a party tonight, so consider yourself informed. But not invited. Oh, but not invited. That was such a good... She owned Amanda. She really did. I was proud of Sydney in this moment. Because Amanda... Like, I hate Amanda the most when it's like apartment stuff. Because we've all had a landlord like that before who's just like such a fucking bummer. And just trying to squeeze all the like money out of the tenants and not fixing anything. Right. For what? Who cares? Yeah. I mean, it's just so annoying. It and doesn't like, do anything. It doesn't hurt her in any way. She just is like, I don't want prostitutes hanging at my pool. Like they that weren't was even like but does that she even was, know? Yeah. But that was that was the subtext of what Amanda Amanda's anti sex worker. But does she know about Sydney? Or she just picked up on I it? I bet she just clocked. Yeah, She maybe. thinks that Sydney hangs out with, quote, unquote, trash. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't appreciate that. I don't either. Even, I like trash. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she would think we were trash. Yeah. <laughs> Back on the boat, the motor is dead, and they're just going to wait for help. And Jake reminds us that he's supposed to have dinner tonight with Amanda and her mother. Or he, I, he informs us, I guess. I just wrote boat problems. Once again, this fucking boat. This boat is haunted. How is this boat always breaking down? Because it's haunted. Is Jake a bad mechanic? Yeah. Or, if, yeah, you're right. Like, like Reed is um, loosening the lug nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's um, disabling the motor. Zombie Reed is on the boat. I think that's what's going on with this boat. I de- definitely think it's cursed. And if I was Joe, I'd get the hell off that boat. Reed's going to pop out of the trap door and be like, dead man, tell no tales. <laughs> like, yeah, totally. Like Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, I, oh, I know. I know. Um, yeah, he's absolutely going to do that. They need to get off this boat. I think... And plus, it's like going to be nighttime soon, and they're just hanging out on this boat off the coast of Catalina. There's no one else around. Also, what does it matter if they're off the coast of Catalina? They could just be a few like out in the out from the marina. Do you know what I mean? There's no reason those photos had to be off the coast of Catalina. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they there was some kind of background they needed. Maybe, maybe there was some rocks. We don't know, and we don't care because yeah. the storyline's boring. At Montezino's, Montezino's is a popular restaurant that they go to on Melrose. Yes. They always, whenever they have like a fancy dinner or a nice dinner, they always go to Montezino's. And Montezino's sign is written exactly how you would imagine. Oh my God. It's very slanted mm. script. <laughs> right? Or yeah. no? It's kind of like Times New Roman. Oh, that's, I'm thinking of a different, the next restaurant where she's yeah. going to, yeah. Yeah. You're right. This one is the, uh, this, the Times New Roman. This is a Times New Roman joint. It's like, this restaurant did exist. Oh. I think it did exist because I think I've Googled this before. Amanda arrives in a tight red dress and Chaz and mom are already there and they all make a toast to Chaz. And yeah. he, his hair is, has so much volume. He's got, he went and got some new Aussie mousse. <laughs> <laughs> 
Stop it, Desi. Stop it. The fucking, uh, not the Aussie moose. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> the purple. The purple foam moose from Aussie. What happened to that company? I don't know, but it was everywhere. Why was there so much Australia ploitation in the 90s? Like, oh be- my God. Between Aussies and Fosters. It's and all look- Paul Hogan. So it's like a it's like a leftover from the eighties. The crocodile Dundee, he brought it to America and everyone was obsessed with all things Australia. Yeah, because like Outback was popping off too. Yeah. And it was look, like a delay. You don't need to tell us. We know that Australians don't drink Fosters. Oh no. But it's an it's America's obsession with Australia was hot, popping off in the nineties. I think Australia was hot then. And why did we think there was like, oh, let's get their moose? <laughs> <laughs> why? Because this is why. Because they saw the Kylie Minogue video for I Should Be So Lucky. Oh. And they were like, her hair has volume. It has volumes and waves. So we need to tap into that Australian volume. I bet you Aussie had a spray that was like beach hair, <laughs> where it makes your hair kind of crunchy, like yeah. it's been at the beach all That day. was more late 90s. Yeah. That was really late, and I could never use that spray, even though I always wanted to, but I could never use it because my hair is, I have so much hair, and it's so coarse in texture, so it would just make my hair, like, I was trying to get rid of the frizz. Yes. So that beach spray never worked for me, but I was- It works for me because I have, like, fine hair, and it's like a texturizer, so you can definitely get it. My hair is very textured, like, there's, it's it's just too big. My hair's too big. The problem is, it's like- no one believes I was at the beach. So I can't get away with having beach hair. No one's no one's gonna buy that combination. That was like John Frieda's beach. Oh remember my God. John Frieda? Yes. There's like a few nineties, like, oh my God, remember Jose Bear? Of course I do. <laughs> I have I have pictures of Jose E. Bear on my phone. Because oh his outfits back then were so insane. He always had the cowboy hat. Yeah. Tight jeans. Why did every celebrity hairstylist in the 90s have a ponytail? Like, why did they all have really long hair? That 90s was the era of celebrity hairstylists where you weren't like, I want to go there. Yeah. Because they were like, it's like, it seemed like, I was like, did they just do Beverly Hills women's hair? (laughs) Like, they were like famous, but it wasn't like cool people went to them. No, but there were so many, that was like the era of celebrity hairstylists. Right. He did like Betsy Bloomingdale's hair. Or something. <laughs> Do you know what I oh, mean? Oh yeah, like, we did a we did a we did a Hollywood crime scene episode about them where she gets she's in it. She wasn't like the main focus, no, but right? she's in it. But it's like she did like the kind of socialites, right? Yeah, like Beverly Hills socialites. We should um, we should do a deep dive on Beverly Hills celebrity hairstylists from the eighties and nineties, like Jose yeah. Ebert, Paul Mitchell. Oh my God, Paul Mitchell. <laughs> Remember his photo shoots? Of course. They were like black and white yes. and his eyes were really blue. Yeah, his, <laughs> yeah, his photo shoots had like this very artistic angle to them. It was like Herbert's. <laughs> yeah, it was like, it was a total Herbert's knockoff. Maybe it was, was it Herbert's? Who knows? But, but it had that vibe. Yeah, it totally, it totally had a Herbert's vibe. Well, it was also one of those things. Just like, oh, he's a real person. Named no, Paul I was, I was like, no, I don't want to believe that. No, it's so funny. 
No. Frederick Fakai. Who was the other oh, celeb? Frederick <laughs> Fakai. And he's like Austrian or something. Or like, what is he? I don't know what he's he is. He has like a thick foreign accent, but he also has really, they also all have bad hair. That's what I'm that's saying. That's what's insane about that's, it. That's what I'm trying to say is that the thing I never could understand about these 90s hair celebrity stylists is that they all had the long stringy ponytail. Yes. Like why did they all, they had to like have, they all had long hair. Well, Frederick Fakai had more feathers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it was all sort of not good, right? But wasn't Paul Mitchell like bald with a ponytail? Am I dreaming that? I see. I think I'm confusing him with now in my head. I'm, I'm conflating him with Paul Hollywood. (laughs) Like, no, he was definitely different. but it was his hair gray. It was definitely gray. Oh, here he is. Okay, you're gonna scream when you see this picture of him. Look, I'm sure he's a very nice man, but like it just. Well, I always remember his ads. Oh yes, he doesn't have twinkly okay. blue eyes. You're thinking I of remem- Paul Hollywood. I think I'm. No, I remember this guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this guy has a look. He has a look. This is a look. Um. No, I just remember seeing these ads in magazines all the time. Yeah. Oh, here's a good one from 1992. We can buy this off of eBay. Oh, I mean, who wouldn't? Oh, my God. This is so that's his, really early. This is when his hair was fuller. And he's all brown. He's using hair club for men. Yeah, because his beard is super saturated in color. Yeah, and even he's though more you, salt and pepper. But even though you can tell, you're like, mm, I think you were getting some grays. No, and and these guys all had their own product lines too. Yes. That was like the start of celebrity like hair product lines. Oh yeah, totally. Like, um, yeah, there isn't any like famous stylist like that anymore. The way the, it's like the last one I remember was Ken um, Pavis. Jessica well, Simpson's hairstylist. But what what is the guy? <laughs> Fuck. I can't remember his name, but he has a billboard. Remember he when, dyed his hair when, blonde? Wait, when, the guy who owns when? What's his name? I'm obsessed with him. Chaz Dean. Chaz Dean. Yes, 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 Chaz Dean. Oh my God, it's no, coming. Chaz Dean. It's coming full circle. See, Chaz Dean is a Chaz. Chaz that Dean is, is a Chaz. Chaz. But there's also the guy, he's like Asian. I can't remember his name. Oh, and he made a splash because at some point he dyed his hair bleach blonde and everyone was like, what the fuck is he doing? He's really famous. I just cannot remember his name right now. He's like 2000s. He's 2000s. So yeah. I think he was like, he did like the Lohan, like those girls. He was like yeah. their guy. I don't know. While. I don't know if I know this guy. I'm sure if I saw like a Oh, picture. he had a huge billboard in West Hollywood. Um, so I think you probably know him. Chaz Dean. I haven't heard, I haven't heard that name. <laughs> Chaz Dean. I am. Ken, what would you say? The Pavez? What was his Ken name? Pavez. Ken That's Pavez. That's Jessica Simpson's hairstylist. Or it was. Oh my God. No, he was everywhere. He was everywhere with his little blonde hair and his like pink lips, um, cutting Jessica Simpson's hair. And he had like a really bad look too, right? Um, it wasn't like Chaz Dean level. He just was like very groomed. Oh, the person I'm thinking of is Kim Vo. Oh my God, Kim Vo. Yes. Anyway, where were we? I want to do, I just want to talk about this for the rest of the episode. I know. We have <laughs> one star review. I came here for Melrose Place. These idiots are yeah. talking about hairstylists. I like tangents. <laughs> I don't appreciate tangents. I come here for serious commentary about the television show Melrose Absolutely. Place. Absolutely. I'm very disappointed. One star. How did we 
get on this because we're at a dinner with Amanda <laughs> and her mom and Chaz. And we're talking about because no. Chaz had moose in his hair. Yes, yes. This all started from Aussie moose. <laughs> you That's bitch. crazy. Your fault. So it is my fault. Um, I'm so sorry. Well, now I want to talk about Aussie. Aussie Moose. There was like, see, that's what happens. Do you have the Rue and you? What was their tagline? Because <laughs> <laughs> a kangaroo was their mascot. Do you remember the kangaroo? Yes, yes. Okay. Um, and then Chaz, okay, we were to, they toast to Chaz, <laughs> but then Chaz toast to Amanda. Yes. And it's super inappropriate. Yeah. And he's like, then he says, he says, I always hoped. Or he said he makes a toast, and then Amanda, of course, because she can't get through a single fucking conversation in her life without bringing up daddy. So she starts talking about her daddy, like she still has this idyllic view of him, even though this guy's on the lam, currently facing like federal charges. Right, and we get the we get the impression the mom has a very different story about what went down. Yeah, and I believe her. I believe the mom too, even though the mom does sound like a bitch. I think there's I think there's truth to her story. She's basically saying, like, look, Amanda, your dad was a piece of shit. And Amanda and her mom start sparring and arguing about her dad. And Amanda's like, well, at least my dad was there. You left when I was 12. I mean, that's where Amanda's got the mom. Because mm. she should have taken Amanda if she wanted to leave. Yeah, and so Amanda storms off, and then Chaz follows her. Oh, wait, but before Amanda storms off, Chaz has a great line. He says, I think we should move on. Like <laughs> He gets uncomfortable with this fight. Because it's having. like a five-minute long fight. It's so long, and Chaz just goes, well, I think we should move on. Yeah, I agree, Chaz. He's like, this was supposed to be about me. That's what Chaz would have said after we were talking about hair stuff <laughs> so long. Yeah. Um, Chaz follows Amanda, and he wants to explain. He's like, look... Your mom's job at Models, Inc. is really demanding. She's really stressed out. She has a lot on her plate. And you and Amanda's like, I just need to cool off. I like when he also says, I care about you too. Like he's a stepdad. Yeah. It's like you're not her stepdad. No. She's an adult. That yeah. doesn't happen anymore. Well, if they were married and this was maybe an age-appropriate guy. I mean, she would say that's my stepdad. Yeah. Like as a technical term. But he's but like he's trying not to her follow loving. her. Yeah. It's like it's, she's too old to be the father figure unless it evolves into that maybe. Like, yeah. It's just funny. Um, back on the boat. Mm. <laughs> on the fucking boat still boring they're still waiting sarah's tired and she's like i haven't gotten a lot of sleep since hank's been here and then she has to remind us that she doesn't mean sex and joe joe asks she goes to takes a nap and joe asks jake <laughs> how him and amanda are doing and if they'll be together for a long time and he says maybe but then he says you know she's like a career woman and I don't know if she really wants a family. And Joe's like, Jake, you'd be such a good father. And then that gets him so fucking rock hard when she says that. Yeah. Because he touches her face and goes in for a kiss. And she goes, don't. <laughs> I don't know how she resisted. Like he, I just have to say, the most interesting part about this boat storyline is how hot Jake looked. He looked great. He had windswept hair. He was wearing just a plain white t-shirt with jeans. His... He, he he had like the perfect tan. He looked stunning. Yeah. And so I can't believe it's it's like it's Amanda's boyfriend. She stole Jake from you. Just kiss him. 
Who cares? Normally, I would be like against this this kind of behavior, but in this circumstance, I would say just kiss him. Well, especially after what we see later. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, at Sydney's party, Sydney's in like a businessy dress. It that's her madam look. That's her madam look. <laughs> She's trying to be professional, and Sydney's like, "Oh, I missed you, girls," and she's having a great time. She's like. Feels so um, powerful holding court in her uh, tiny apartment at Melrose Place. Yeah. This is a major step down from Lauren Lauren's palatial mansion and in, the beach house. Even oh well, yeah, yeah, that too. But it's it's definitely a step down. No, so it's, like- <laughs> it's several steps down. Yeah, and so Lauren suddenly burst through the door and she's like, well, well, well. And Sydney's like, Lauren, you're out of prison. And she's like, mm, my lawyer got me off on a technicality. Okay. No explanation there. Yeah. We don't need it. And Lauren is like, ladies, the party is moving. We're going to my house. Yeah. And Sydney's bummed. She's like defeated. She's like, hmm. Because yeah. she lost. And then the girl's leave immediately and Lauren stays behind with her goon. She's she's brought like a goon with her. And in Sydney's mind, she's like, so we're going to renegotiate now. Sydney's an idiot. She's like, so our deal that I made, I forced you to enter into while you were in prison, essentially. Right. Let's renegotiate. And Lauren's like, you owe me $15,000, Sydney. And she's like, no way. We said it was 50-50. And Lauren says, I distinctly recall it being 75-25. And then Sydney starts to argue. And that's when Lauren's goon smashes a picture on the wall with his fist and glass goes everywhere. Yeah. It was really dramatic. He's also like the least intimidating goon. No, he looks like someone's dad. (laughs) He's just like an old guy. He's just... (laughs) Yeah, he's just like a slightly out of shape older guy. With a perm. Yeah. (laughs) He's not intimidating, but he does smash this picture frame with his fist. And Sydney's like, well, I have 10 grand in the bank. I can withdraw it tomorrow. And Lauren's like, well, what about the rest? And Sydney's like, I mean, I, I can get it to you at some point. And that's when the goon takes a big vase and smashes it on the floor. Yeah. And she's like, and Lauren's like, oh, Get me my money by the end of the week, Sydney. And by the way, you you can't make your money back working for me. So Sydney's just out completely. She's like completely shunned. And Lauren's basically like, you did a good job. Too good. Yeah. So Lauren's like, I'm not having competition. Yeah. She wants Sydney gone. The next day, Amanda and Jake are talking in the courtyard. He apologizes about missing dinner. And she doesn't want to hear it because she's mad. She's like, I needed you there, Jake. And she had a really bad time, and he just wants to help. And she's like, fine, you can make it up to me. Take me out to dinner tomorrow night. Yeah. So now he really has to show up for this dinner. He's got, he cannot bail. He can't bail on dinner this time. At D&D, Allison's on the phone when Bruce and Chaz approach, and Allison gets off the phone, and she's trying to, like, in like insert herself into this conversation and I felt really bad for her because they're just completely ignoring her. Right. Because like Bruce and Chaz are talking about poker and Allison goes, did someone mention poker? And Bruce is like, I have a house in Brentwood and we can 
<laughs> we can play poker at my house. And Allison's like, I play a mean five card stud or whatever draw. she five card draw. And no one reacts to it. No, and they're like, we want to play a different game. We play a different game. Like Yeah, we want that we're like it's very um heavily implied that this is gonna be like a boys fun party. I know. Like a boys time, right? Um, just by the way they were kind of ignoring her. Anyway, this is all to set up the fact that Bruce is enamored with Chaz. Because he yeah. tells he tells Allison, he's like, remind me to thank Amanda for hiring Chaz. Yeah. And Allison's like, damn, Chaz, Bruce really likes you. And then she switches gears. She's like, hey, what's going on with this account? And Chaz is like, oh, I haven't finished it. I, I, I started it, but I haven't finished it yet. And Allison's like, well, can you finish it? And he's like, no, you do it. Maybe you better finish it. She, he's not finishing the report. No. He's got to learn poker. Chaz, <laughs> yeah. He doesn't, Chaz doesn't even know how to play poker. That was just a ruse to get in good with the boss. Oh, fucking Bruce. And um, so we get this, you know, Allison's like, oh my God, Chaz is a bad guy. Yeah. He's shady. Banging on Joe's door. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this banging sounded like the FBI. Yes. It it was it's Sarah though. It's urgent. It's urgent and she's in tears because of Hank. They had a fight because he's jealous she's a model and he hit her. Yeah. And Joe hugs her and she's like you're not going back to Hank. You're going to stay with me. And I laughed out loud when she said it'll be safe here. Yeah. We know what goes down at Melrose Place. That is not a safe place. No, it is not. Anyone can walk in at any time. People could get thrown in the pool. You guys just had a um, a peeping Tom yeah. incident. You literally had people in the crawl space. Yeah. At the hospital, Kimberly wants to fuck Michael in an exam room. And she reveals that she's wearing a red bra and panty set under her white lab coat. And Michael is immediately, immediately like, a wooga. Yeah. He's like, whoa. Yeah. Like, it's the first time he's seen a naked woman. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> he's stunned. He's absolutely stunned, but he's also like, what's going on? And she says, is, th- is this what I was like, Michael, before the accident? She says something very ominous. Yes. And he's like, not exactly, but I like it. Works for me. Works for me. <laughs> yeah. And she starts undoing his scrub pants the little drawstring and he's I have like, to say that was kind of a hot moment it, it was a hot moment but then they pan up to Michael's facial expression he's like nice <laughs> yes it was like a guy who's about to get head or something yeah he's like nice nice oh my god Sydney is rushes over to Jane's house and she's pounding on the door and Jane sighs and open poor Jane. We all sigh. We all sigh. Because it's like, Sydney, stop. This is like the fifth time she's done this to Jane. It's where like you have burned this bridge. Well, she's done this to Jane so many times where obviously she's done something horrific and monstrous to Jane, but then she does the like coming back crying to her like, I'm sorry, I'm really in trouble right now. I know I screwed you over. Now, Jane has gone to Al-Anon, clearly, because she's <laughs> exhibiting excellent boundary setting skills here. Yeah. Um, Jane rolls her eyes when Sydney says, I need your compassion. And she's like, I screwed up. And Jane does not give a shit. No. She's, she's like, over I it. don't care, Sydney. And 
she's like, but there's these people and I owe them money and I'm in trouble. And Jane's like, well, that sounds like a you problem. Yeah. What is she supposed to do? Yeah. And Sydney's begging and pleading and Jane shuts the door and, um, Jane is like, no. And Sydney's pounding on the door, but Jane is crying because it is difficult. It is difficult. Even though Jane is doing a good job setting a boundary, if you or a loved one has been in a situation like this, you know that it's still very difficult to set that boundary. Yeah. Or maybe she's just fucking tired of it. <laughs> just like, is this the rest of my life? <laughs> I think she went to Alan. That's in my, that's my head canon. Well, the thing Sydney should do is go to Michael and Kimberly for the money and be like, I'll leave your life if you give me $5,000. Yeah. Or up it to That's 10. smart. Yeah. That's really smart. Joe tells Jake about Sarah and Hank, and I was shocked at Jake's response. Mm. Jake's obviously been like maybe going to therapy because he didn't stand. I was expecting him to stand up and be like, where is that son of a bitch? No, he wasn't going to resort to violence. He wanted to deal with the cops. He should know better. Yeah, and Joe schools him. Joe schools him. She's like, what are the cops going to do? Nothing until something really bad happens. Although I have to say, Joe, knowing Jake that well, to drop that information on him, knowing his history, is wild. I know, this was wild. Because it's almost like she wants him to go beat him up. I think that's what she was trying to say without saying it. Yeah. Like, hey, there's a woman who's getting beat up by her boyfriend. Can and the cops go? won't do anything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know what, I, <laughs> you know what to do, Jake. And But Joe, Joe kind of wants Jake to be there just to like watch out for both of them because... Sarah and Joe are staying together now and like in case the guy in case Hank comes by they want Jake there to be like a big strong man and Jake is like I have to go to dinner but maybe you should ask Billy or Matt it's like first of all and then we all laugh first of all don't ask Matt he's done he has done too much and especially don't ask Billy what is Billy gonna do Hey, 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 fella. Hey, pal. You think he, you ladies think you're so are scared? Tough? <laughs> you think you're tough, pal? Um, yeah, Billy would try and have like a dance battle with him oh to God. solve the issue. No. So then Joe's like, maybe I'm just being paranoid. And Jake's like, well, maybe I can get out of dinner. <laughs> what is he thinking? He, he cannot get out of this dinner. <laughs> and just then Amanda calls to confirm. And he's like, what time? And she's like, I don't know, 7, 7.30? Why? Is there something you'd rather do tonight? And he's like, I mm, guess I'm just preoccupied with the boat and stuff. And she's like, listen, Jake, I don't want to play second fiddle to whatever else is going on in your life. Mm. I need to be your top priority. And he's like, okay, okay, I'm all yours. Yeah. Sydney goes to a strip club to try and get a job. And she talks to the owner of the bar. And this guy is like very sleazy looking. And I she- love this transition too, because it goes from them talking about dinner <laughs> to a sign that says live nude girls. <laughs> <laughs> out of nowhere. Yeah, because my brain was kind of expecting to see like Montezinos and it's like... <laughs> Live nude girl. I was like, where did he take her for dinner? <laughs> it would have it been so funny if he's like, yeah, I'll take you to dinner, but I'm not going to say where. You didn't say where we had to go. To- I took you yeah. to the strip club. They have wings. It was just such a funny transition. Um, Sydney's applying for a job as a as a dancer and he's like, how old are you, honey? And she's like, don't worry, I'm legal. And he's like, are you sure you got experience? And she's like, yeah. And then they show a girl dancing and it's like something any of us could do. Yeah, but like, what's the experience you're looking for? 
like it. Well, it's the dancer on stage is supposed to be like, oh, looks like stripping is actually really difficult, but she wasn't like doing any tricks. No, I agree that stripping is difficult, but what we were seeing there was something any of us could basically do. They should have upped her game a little better for this. Right. Cause they're questioning Sydney where it's like, well, clearly it just has to be a hot girl moving yeah. around. Yeah. Like Sydney can do that. <laughs> and there was like, also they were like, Oh, you'll make 400 a night, but this club was empty. It was empty. Just a f- wild scene. At the hospital, Levin talks to Kimberly and asks her how she is. And she's, and he's just like, look, everyone's really happy that you're back at the hospital. And he says, and look, I don't mean to be um, nosy, but I heard that you're seeing Mancini again. And I feel compelled to tell you that you're making a mistake. Yeah. And he's going on. He's like, this guy is bad news. Like, I wouldn't want your reputation. To totally. Be, to be sullied. And she's she's like, oh, Dr. Levin, I'm aware of how destructive our relationship was. And Levin says, well, then break it off. He's a loose cannon with a big ego. And she's like, can I share something with you, Levin? The truth is, I'm on a mission, and it will all be very clear to you soon. Dun, dun, dun. Billy arrives at D&D. He's like, come on, Allison, we got to be at the caterers at six. Ugh, he's so irritating. <laughs> she's, she's like, Billy, he's, I'm working. Yeah, and she starts complaining about Chaz. She starts complaining about Chaz. She's like, they hired someone else, but I'm working longer hours. And she's like, and the new guy just happens to be Amanda's stepfather, or future stepfather. And he's like... I thought Amanda only hired young people. And she's like, um, well, he is young. Yeah. This guy, you got to see this guy. Also, I thought Amanda only hired young people. When did, <laughs> we, hear what was when did we hear that? Um, and then Allison starts talking shit about Chaz. She's like, and Billy's like, well, you should tell HR about this nepotism crap. <laughs> and so she's like, yeah. And Allison's like, well, maybe I'll tell Chaz myself. And Mm. she gets up. And then we cut to Amanda and Chaz talking in her office. And he's like, you look like you have a lot on your mind. And she's like, just relationship stuff. And he's like, you're an incredible woman, Amanda. And he's like really coming on strong. And he's like, I've never met anyone like you, Amanda. Not even your mother can hold a candle to you. (laughs) What a weird thing to say. (laughs) So gross. And that's when they start making out. And then Allison approaches. And of course the blinds are wide open. So yeah. everyone in the, like she Amanda's smart enough not to do that where anyone could see her. Do you know what I mean? Like, it is crazy how much the blinds were open because Allison just walks past the window and then she see, this is the second time in two seasons that Amanda has caught. Two people making out who weren't... Allison. Allison has caught two people making out that weren't supposed to be making out. And she makes like the exact same face. Yeah. She's like... (gasps) Yeah, she gasps. And and she kind of stares for a long time. And then the same thing that happened... (laughs) The same thing that happened when Michael... She caught Michael and Kimberly. When she caught Michael and Kimberly... Chaz does the same thing where he looks, he like looks at 
They, Allison, they have eye contact. They have yeah. eye contact while he's making kind of smiles. Yeah. What is that? That's sick. That is sick behavior. Because it makes you feel like, okay, yeah, this is some. He's being devious, and he's he's horny about it. Yeah, and it's like he's not really into Amanda either. It's just another little thing that a little game he's playing. Yeah. Um, but then he closes the blinds. Yeah, then he closes the blinds. Back at Melrose, Hank is pounding on the Joe's door, and Joe's like, "I'm gonna deal with him," and she stupidly opens the door to him. Yeah, and she's like, "Hey!" And then he bursts in, and Joe's like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna call the police!" <laughs> like how she's like, "That's what you say when the door is shut, Joe." Yeah, you don't open the door and have a crazy guy in there, and then say you're gonna call the police. I can't believe Joe thought she was gonna reason with this guy. Yeah, she should have called Jake. He would have left. He wasn't even at dinner at this point. Right. He would have come running. His girlfriend's making out with someone. Yeah. He grabbed, Hank grabs Sarah and Joe's like, help. And they're like, Joe is trying to get Sarah away from Hank. And they're like out on the. The step, the they're, stoop. They're, they're out on the, the landing. Yeah. And that's when Hank pushes Joe down the stairs and we get a very dramatic fall in slow motion. And we even get a slow motion reaction of Sarah going, no. no. And it's easy to forget that Joe is pregnant. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> throughout this whole episode, I was like, is she pregnant? Well, they don't really, they're not showing it in any way now. Like sometimes she wears a baggy t-shirt. But she always wears baggy t-shirts. Yeah, so it's not like, and she doesn't really talk about, I guess there was one mention, but it's like not something that's being talked about very much. No, there was like one passing mention about her being pregnant on the boat with Jake, but we weren't paying attention to those things. No. So it's just funny because it's like, this was a great way to end that storyline and get J- J- get Joe out of a really terrible upcoming storyline that we have to all suffer through. Ugh. We could have had it end right here. The, what, look, I, I don't, don't get it twisted. Melrose Place is absolutely like... Up, like it's one of my all-time favorite shows, but Joe's baby storyline is one of my least favorite storylines. She deserves more. She deserves more. Also, well, well, we won't spoil anything. But there's no. two characters that come into play that are just so insufferable to me. I hate watching them. Yes. So this was a great way to end that storyline. Wow, that's dark. It is dark, but it's done all the time in soap operas. If they want to end. That. A pregnancy. It's like a way to get out of pregnancy without the person deciding to do it, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a classic way it's to do that. It's a classic because then it's like, oh, whatever. And then we would have like one episode of her being depressed and yeah. we would move on. We'd move on. <laughs> and then like maybe in season three, she'd mention that she used to be pregnant in in a conversation with someone else, like in a heartfelt conversation. Yeah. And that would be the end of it. I would never wish this on someone in real life. No. This but is a show. For the... <laughs> For the purpose of the show and the story. Yes. To be honest, it's been so long since I rewatched Melrose Place, I don't even remember like what happens to the baby ultimately. I do. Because the baby does go away. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. I don't even remember. And I'm like, because I know the baby's not there. I know the baby Right, there's is- not like a kid playing basketball no. in the Melrose no. Courtyard or whatever. No, because this show, because Joe is on this show till like at least 1996, right? Mm. And this is 94 now. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember when it's Joe not left. Like, it's not super interesting or anything like that. So I won't say it. Don't say it because I want to be surprised oh. when <laughs> I see it. I'm going to remember when it comes You'll out. remember when it starts happening. Yeah. Well, I do remember the drama in between. Yes. But yeah. And it's an, that's the annoying storyline. Ugh, the worst. It's so tedious. It's like we already, didn't you learn a lesson from Matt and Katya? Like, we don't want to see children's storylines on no. this show. I'm sorry. No. It's not the show for it. It's not the show for Take it. Take it to Seventh Heaven. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the kids are part of the show more. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to see children on Melrose Place at no. all. This is young 20-something. Unless it's like a bad seed child. We only want, oh, we only want like an evil child. <laughs> an evil child would be, would be good. <laughs> that would be funny. Yeah, yeah. But in general, I'm like... In general, I'm kind of bored by pregnancy storylines as a device to add drama to a show. I just think Joe, I mean, talk about a character that really gets shafted. Yeah. Uh, she starts off with such a bang. Yeah. And then quickly becomes one of the more annoying characters. <laughs> it sucks. Because I love the actress. I think she's I love her too. Great, and, and she's she, stunning. She, she deserved a better uh, arc, I yeah. think. And, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, anyway, we'll be back. We're only doing one episode a week right now. It's just FYI. Yeah. So if you're like, well, I, you guys usually drop two episodes a week. Well, right now we're only doing one episode a week. Yes. We're taking a break in the next month. It's summer. So, but we'll be back to two. Eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.